So for the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, we are going to be uh, refreshing our Every Knee initiative a little bit. We are almost at the midpoint of our Every Knee initiative. So it was about a year ago that we uh, launched it. And so because of that, that's why you may have noticed on your chairs this morning, you have this book and there's a card inside. Now I'm going to give a little bit of information about the card later on in the morning. You don't need to fill it out today. Uh, for some of you, I know you filled this, this out last year. This is a slightly updated version. You may or may not fill it out again. We'll talk a little bit about that. The book is an update of the larger book that we gave you last year. This book in particular has a spot toward the back, starting on page 26, for notes for you to take over the next couple of weeks. If you want a space for this sermon and the next sermon to take any notes, you can do that in here. But it also has a lot of information that you saw in the video, as well as a lot of additional information about our church and where we're headed. To some of you in the room, this is old hat. I know that you were with us last year when we began the Every Knee Initiative. Some of you have been around Grace for a long time. Uh, I know that for some of you, you've joined us over the course of the last year, and so this may all be really new to you. You may not know what we're talking about. Uh, there may even be some in this room that you didn't realize until this moment that Grace Creekside, where we meet here, is actually part of a larger church, uh, a church with multiple locations around the, the College Station area, and a church, like the video said, that's been around since uh, 1965. Now, let me just give you a little bit of the history of Grace Bible Church again, for those of you who are interested. So church started in 1965. I know the video said 52 years. That's fake news. It's 54 years. It's been just a little bit longer. Uh, 1965, a group of 10 families began Grace Bible Church, and it was, it was located out in Bryan on South College Avenue, where the Twin City Mission Building is now. I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. Uh, but they were there for uh, almost a decade. And then in 1974, they moved to the building at 701 Anderson Street, which is where, uh, if you're familiar with that campus, that's the college auditorium. That was the church building starting in 1974. The reason that they moved out there was because the elders and the, the pastor at the time, they had a heart for college students. So they wanted to be somewhere that was close to the university. Uh, over the course of uh, the, the following 20 years or so, they went from 27 people to well over 500 plus people meeting in their services. Uh, I came to Grace in about 1994. I was a freshman at A&M, so they were already in the process of building their next facility. And I remember sitting at the back of that building uh, on Anderson Street, that old building, and every week I would sit down and it was so crowded in that room that the pastor would get up and he would say, hey, if you're a college guy or you are able-bodied, if you can stand at the back for the remainder of the service so we have more seats for those who are still coming in. So I would get up and stand at the back. And I remember thinking, they're building a bigger building across the street. I'll finally get to sit down. Uh, but week one, 1995, they opened that building. I went over there and it was packed out. And they did the same thing. They were like, if you can stand up, stand at the back of the room. And I remember thinking, man, they are never going to have enough space for everybody at this place. 
so the, the, the congregation continued to grow, and, and, and by about 2000, I was, a, I was an intern at the church in 2000, conversations were already taking place. What are we going to do next? How are we going to continue to grow so that we can continue to reach Texas A&M and Bryan College Station and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? They, they toyed with the idea of selling the buildings on Anderson Street and moving somewhere else, building a much larger facility along the highway. Uh, round 2006, though, our elders and staff ran across a book that was uh, about the multi-site church. And the idea behind the multi-site church was uh, more and more churches were getting away from building extremely large, expensive facilities, and instead saying, what we're going to do is we're going we're to disperse throughout the community. It's a way that we can move uh, more quickly in our growth. It's a way that we can also multiply leadership. Most multi-site churches in 2006 were doing a video model where you had one teacher who was uh, sort of broadcast to all of the other campuses. We opted to do a live teaching model where each campus would have its own teaching pastor and staff. And the reason for that largely was because it fits with our church's heart to uh, not only make sure that people are hearing the gospel, but also to, to, to continue to develop leaders at every level of the organization. So we're continuing to develop for the next generation men and women who know Jesus Christ, who make disciples for Jesus Christ, and who can proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So, so we opted for that model. 2008, our Southwood campus opened. It is in what was formerly a Church of Christ building. It's now across the street from A&M Consolidated High School. Um, interestingly, uh, that building, uh, the, that church used to be on Northgate, the Church of Christ. They moved into that other building around 1974, same year we moved into our building on Anderson Street. We apparently originally attempted to buy their first building on Northgate uh, before they moved, uh, but then they moved to this other building, and then we eventually bought their second building uh, on con- or next to Consult. By about 2012, uh, that building was full of students and people coming to worship. So we began to look at a third location. And in 2015, we launched Creekside here in Pebble Creek Elementary. Um, we knew from the beginning of launching Creekside that, that uh, our prayer was that this building would fill up to the point that we would need a permanent facility where we could continue to reach South College Station. So we, from the very, very first day, were already looking for land. We were already thinking about construction. Last year, when we brought the Every Knee initiative before you, uh, we were in the process of thinking through uh, the building. We had, we had begun the design process. We had secured the land. And so we brought it before the congregation and said, uh, in order to continue the, the vision that God has placed before grace for 50-some years, in order to make disciples here and around the world, we believe that the best strategy for us in this part of town is to build a new facility. So uh, uh, we have been in the process of building that facility. I'll show you a couple of uh, images in just a moment. Um, but let me just give you a little bit of uh, the history of Creekside for just a second. Uh, I was telling uh, a group this morning a little bit about how we've grown since we began. Let me just share a few statistics. Our first year, 2015 to 16, uh, we had an average attendance of around 270 
adults. That means just in the worship services. And then we have, I don't know, like 16,000 children or something over in the, I don't know. It's a lot of kids. Uh, actually, the, the average is, uh, right, uh, what the first year was probably right around between 100 and 150 kids between nursery and elementary. Uh, this spring, we've been averaging about 450 adults in our worship services and e- really right around 250 children. If you come in and you're just like, man, there's kids everywhere. Uh, It's because there are. There are so many kids. We love it. Uh, We have had an opportunity to reach families in this area of town in in what we think is a powerful way. Last week was Easter, as you know. Um, Our very first Easter, we had one service. Um, All of the elementary school kids were in here as well. We didn't have elementary. We had about a little over 400 people in that service. Uh, Last week, in our first service, without any kids, we had more people than we had that first Easter. A total in our worship services, we had about 700 people come into the worship services last week, and I think another 200 kiddos uh, over in the kids' ministries, along with youth and, and all of that. So we've seen the Lord grow this facility. So we are in the process of uh, building, but let, let me remind you again, when we laid every knee before you last year, here was the primary goal. We wanted to challenge all of us to give all that we are and all that we have to Jesus. That is, we want to say, you know what, with, with, my, with my heart, my body, my money, my career, my time, whatever resources I have to give belong to Jesus Christ. My family, even myself. I don't belong to me, but I belong to Jesus. So we began to say, how can we use all of our resources for the kingdom of God? Because that's what we believe our lives are about. That, Like the video said, from the very beginning of Grace Bible Church, we said we don't exist just for our own comfort or just to gather people in a room, but so that we can be effective in seeing people come to know Jesus and come to know Jesus in deeper ways here and all around the world until Jesus returns. So that was our primary goal for each of us to think about that. Our secondary goal, if you remember, was we had three uh, financial goals. We had the everyday operating budget over the course of two years, that's $12 million. We had every neighbor, which involves our Creekside building. Creekside building uh, is about $15 million. And then a fourth campus, we had about 2 to $3 million set aside for campus four. And then every nation, the goal is uh, to put aside a couple million dollars for two future church plants, both here and around the world. Now, the 32 million goal, the hope initially was if we get all of that 32 million over the two years, we could proceed with all of this without taking on any additional debt, okay? Where we ended up at the end of that initiative was you guys and, and our other uh, campuses committed right around $22 million, which if, if you look at the numbers, that's $10 million above and beyond our operating budget. So our elders, our staff, uh, the leadership of the church looked, and, and we heard a clear message from Grace Bible Church that you guys were saying, man, we're on board. We want to press forward. Some of the timing of paying for all of this and some of the timing of moving forward might adjust a little bit as we see where the finances land, but we began to move forward with these initiatives. So uh, here is a rendering of what the outside of our Creekside facility is going to look like. Um, it's, if you don't know where Williams Creek is, it's right in the front of the Williams Creek subdivision. That's where our uh, building is going to be. It's at the corner of uh, 
of William D. Fitch and Williams Creek Drive, roughly, is where the facility will be. Um, I have been going out there on, on a regular basis. This is a photo I took um, a couple of weeks ago. You can see they've gotten a lot of the parking done. Um, let me just show you a couple of things. Uh, this past week, they also laid a little bit more of the parking right along here. This is where the building itself is going to be. You can see the, uh, the yellow grid lines. Those are uh, some of the concrete beams for the foundation. All the plumbing is roughed in. All of the electrical is, is pretty much in. All, all the stuff that needs to go in under the ground is there. What we need now is some dry weather so that they can pour the, the concrete slab for the building. So if you can just pray, we need about five days of dry weather here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, if you've looked at the forecast, we are planning for zero days of dry weather over the next couple of weeks. So uh, just pray that the, the clouds will part. It'll clear up enough. They can do that slab. Um, also, incidentally, that's me right there. So um, if, you're, if you're just interested. So that's, that's where we are on the Creekside building at the moment. Um, so let me show you just kind of a, a layout then of, of Grace Bible Church. Here's our, our original or our campus on Anderson Street, really close to Texas A&M. Here is our Mandarin uh, church slash campus. Those of you who've been around for a while, you know the Mandarin uh, church used to meet in the gym over by our college auditorium. They moved over to a spot kind of behind where Barnes & Noble is now and merged with another Chinese church. Um, you may not know where... Barnes & Noble is, if you're, if you're thinking I don't read a lot, but, but you eat tacos, it's over by Fuego, uh, kind of in that same area. Um, our Southwood campus near A&M Consolidated High School. Uh, and then here, of course, is Creekside. That's where we are right now. And then uh, an opportunity, as the video mentioned, has come up for us to purchase a property. Now, this is why I mentioned where the original Grace Bible Church was located. Um, there is a, a school out on South College that St. Michael's Academy currently owns. It's, it's a, a little preschool and, and school that is out there. It is directly across the street from where the original Grace Bible Church was located back in 1965. Um, there's a couple of pictures of some of the buildings. It's got uh, plenty of space, needs a little bit of renovation, but not a ton of renovation. Um, it's probably going to be just a little while before we would launch a fourth campus in that location because we need time to think about how to structure it, time to find who the staff and who the leadership would be out there. Um, but at the moment, there is a contingency contract on that property, which means all the inspections are being done. Before the final uh, sale is made, that requires, according to our church's constitution, a congregational vote. And so uh, to facilitate that process of you guys knowing more about that. This afternoon, if you want to drive over to Southwood, uh, pop into the foyer, there's a Q&A. You can come over, ask any questions you have about uh, the purchase of that property, about what that future campus might look like. So that's kind of the rundown of where we are with every knee. Now, uh, here's the question I want to ask. Why are we doing so much work and spending so much money on these initiatives? right? Because this is a lot of work and it's a lot of money and we recognize that. So we want to talk for a few minutes then this morning about, about the biblical basis for why we continue to press forward as a church, why we feel like even these initiatives, they're not going to be the end of the work of Grace Bible Church. When we launched Creekside, people were asking, is that the final campus of Grace Bible Church? And, and our answer was, man, we hope not. We hope that until the day Jesus returns, we continue to press forward. 
to plant in new locations where the gospel of Jesus needs to be heard. We're going to look this morning at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, as we talk about the mission of Jesus Christ and why we're pressing forward. So if you've got a Bible, Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to go through this kind of fast this morning, as fast as a preacher can go, because we are short on time. But let me start in verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised." Which, he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So setting the stage for just a moment. You remember last week we celebrated, of course, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After Jesus rose from the dead, he's defeated death, he's defeated sin and hell and the devil. He rose from the dead and then there's a period of 40 days where he's alive and he's appearing to his disciples and to other people. 40 days and then he ascends into heaven. And what we have in Acts chapter 1 is this moment right before Jesus goes back into heaven where what he says to the disciples, he goes, look, uh, now that the work of salvation is done, what I want you to do is take the message to all the corners of the earth until the day that I come back so that not just the Jewish people can know about their Savior, about the Son of God, but the people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation can hear about Jesus so that one day when we worship God in His eternal kingdom, there are people from everywhere on earth worshiping Jesus Christ. So Jesus says the mission isn't over. It continues. It continues, first of all, through the people of God. This is a huge moment of handoff. I want you to think about this. For three years, Jesus had been teaching his disciples. He'd been showing his disciples what it looks like to reflect the love and the truth and the character of God. And then he died and he rose again. And now there's this huge handoff. This is the moment where the mission is handed off. And and he's, he's telling them, look, I am entrusting the greatest mission in all the universe to you. I was thinking this week how later this year, we, we have a, a, our oldest child is going to begin to learn to drive. Now, some of you have already been through this process, but it suddenly hit me that, you know, I can talk to her about driving a lot, and I will. Before we turn on the car, we'll talk about it a lot. We'll talk about the safety. We'll look at diagrams of the roads and of the vehicle and all of these things. 
to make sure she understands, right? But there's going to come a moment where I have to do what? I have to hand her the keys and pray for our lives, right? (laughs) The moment's going to come. That's what we see in Acts chapter 1. There's this moment where Jesus takes the keys and he says, okay, you've got it now. I'm handing the baton. If your kids are younger, I want you to think about that moment when they were newborns and you're in the hospital for two or three days or maybe a little longer and then finally they hand you that baby and they say, okay, you can go home. And most of us had that moment where we thought, they just handed me a baby and said to leave. And I don't know what I'm doing. Right? But there has to be that moment. That's what this moment is. Jesus says, this, this mission now, it belongs to you. And as the disciples carry that mission forward, we see the message of the gospel begin to spread through Jerusalem and then into the, the broader area of Judea and then into Samaria, which was a neighbor, neighboring area, and then to the Gentiles. We see that move forward through the work of God's people as he hands off the mission. And then when the disciples passed away, they handed it off to their descendants who handed it off to their spiritual descendants. Eventually, they hand it off to us. And so the reason we carry this mission forward is because we stand in a long line of men and women who are called to continue the mission of Jesus Christ. The mission continues through God's people. It continues, secondly, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone to do this task, but I will empower you for the task. So three times in the passage, the Spirit is mentioned. Jesus says, I want you to take this message, but first, wait, the Spirit's going to come. And in fact, in Acts chapter 2, we see the Spirit come upon God's people to empower them for the task. Nothing happens in a supernatural sense for God's kingdom, unless the Spirit of God living in and among God's people does the work, right? That's where the power comes from. I had a friend when I was in high school, smart guy. In fact, I think he's a surgeon of some kind today. He was easily in the top 10 or 20 people in our large high school class. One day his car broke down after school. He couldn't get it to start. And so I come out and he's got the hood open and he's looking at the components as well as he can trying to figure out, is it the alternator? Is it an electrical problem? What is it? And I came out and I looked at it and we couldn't start it. And I said, hey, Ken, are you sure you have gas? And he said, he looked at me like I had just asked him if he knew how to tie his shoes. He said, come on, of course. So we continue to look at the car. He has the car towed away, goes to the shop. They call him and it was out of gas car won't go anywhere without fuel. You're never going to get anywhere, no matter how pretty the car is, no matter how great the insides look. Without any fuel, the car stays still. As you move throughout the book of Acts, what you see is that the church doesn't go anywhere or do anything without the fuel, without the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so this is why, as a church, we are constantly exhorting ourselves and exhorting you to say, we need to know God through the Word. We need to be deeply involved in worship, deeply involved in prayer. We want to first and foremost know God because as we know God, the Spirit will fill us to a greater and greater degree so that we are empowered for his work. And so the mission of sharing the gospel around the world happens through God's people. Secondly, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, it goes out to every nation, 
to every nation. I don't have time to go into this theme a lot this morning, but it is clear as you read throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament that God's plan was always that people from every nation would know him. The Jewish people were meant to be a holy people, a holy nation, living in the midst of the other nations. And as they reflected God's character, the idea was that other people from other nations would stream toward God and trust Him. But because of their sin, the message was obscured. And so Jesus died and He rose again to take away the barrier of sin. And after He rose again, He says, okay, now there's not a need in the church for a physical temple with the Ark of the Covenant, but instead, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are the temple of God, and what I want you to do as as little temples of God is you take the message of Jesus Christ all around the world to every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So that as a church, that's always been at at the heart of what we do. That's why missions is always at the heart of what we do. That's why we just did that commissioning this morning to honor those who are saying, I want to spend a part of my summer going overseas somewhere where people do not yet know the name of Jesus Christ or need to know it more clearly. So that one day every tribe, tongue, people, and nation can know Jesus. By the way, I was blown away by how many of you came up here. Uh, This morning I just checked with Dusty and I was like, are we sure that there are some people who will come up? Because it's going to be awkward if you say all the missions people come up and nobody comes. He said, I think we've got about five, maybe six. I don't know how many were. There were like 15 people up here. I was blown away to say, I want to take the message of the gospel to every nation. This is at the heart of the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the mission continues through the people of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to every nation. And then fourthly, it continues until Jesus returns. I love the scene in verses 9 through 11. After Jesus ascends into heaven. And you really can't blame the disciples for this, by the way. Uh, Jesus is talking to them one minute, and then the next minute he's like, and see you guys, and he just goes away. Like he just floats up into heaven. And so they're standing there, and they're like, that's never happened to us before. And an angel comes up and goes, hey, why are you guys standing there looking at the sky? He's coming back. But you need to now go and do what he told you to do until he comes back. Remember, he told you, you need to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And just a few days later, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and on those who were gathered at the Feast of Pentecost, who believed in Jesus. So the angel says, until Jesus comes back, you're not just to stand around looking at the sky but instead you are to take the message of the gospel to every corner of the earth until the nations have heard. And until Jesus comes back, the mission isn't done. And I think it's, it's easy for us to be sidetracked. 
I read a, a story in the news about a man in New Zealand who was arrested while driving his car because he was playing the bagpipes while he was driving down the road. And uh, the officer said there was definitely, he definitely, they said his fingers were flying like a million miles an hour. He's going down the road, he's, he's playing the bagpipes, and apparently his defense was, I didn't actually have real bagpipes, I was playing the air bagpipes. The police said, I'm pretty sure there was real bagpipes, right? So they arrest him, they take him to jail. Now, why am I telling you this story? Uh, it's very simple. When you're driving, you don't play the bagpipes. Actually, that's good advice for my daughter later this year. <laughs> you focus on why you're in the car. You're driving. You're headed one direction. You have a mission. You can play the bagpipes when you get there. I think in the mission of Jesus Christ, it's, it's incredibly easy for us to get distracted, to get sidetracked, to say, you know what, what I really want to focus on is just building my kingdom in my world. I want to focus on building whatever it is, my reputation, my career, making sure that at all moments I'm happy, my family is happy, making sure I have enough money making sure things are going well, right? And none of those things are bad in and of themselves, but instead what we ought to be doing is saying, if my career is growing, if my reputation is growing, if my bank account is growing, if I have some gift or ability, what I need to be thinking about is not just how can I be comfortable in that space, but how can I utilize all that God has given me to further the mission? If I have influence, Am I using that influence so people can know Jesus? If I have money, am I using that money so people can know Jesus here and around the world? If I have a family, am I thinking about my family in light of eternity and saying as a family what we want to be is a little holy people who exist to draw people to know Jesus? So that until Jesus returns, all that we have and all that we are belongs to Jesus Christ. So let me ask a couple of questions then as we close. What is the next step for you to more actively participate in Jesus' ongoing mission? If we say we want here at Grace Bible Church to be just an instrument of men and women from all around the world hearing about Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus died for their sins and he rose again so they can have eternal life. We want to be an instrument of that. What is the next step for you personally or you as a family to more actively participate in Jesus' ongoing mission? Let me offer a few thoughts this morning. First of all, pray, pray. You may remember last year when we finished our Every Knee Initiative, or at least the last week on Commitment Sunday, we had these boards that were up here. And on these boards, a lot of you all, you wrote down a name of a person and a name of a place. And you said, I want to pray for this person to come to know Jesus. I want to pray for people in this place to come and know Jesus. People wrote down countries from all over the world. People wrote down members of their families or coworkers or neighbors or friends. Here's my question. Are you praying for those people? Are you still praying? And are you praying for Grace Bible Church? Are you praying that the Lord would provide at every step for us to make disciples? So pray. 
Secondly, give of your time, of your energy, and yes, of your financial resources as we seek to carry the mission forward. I mentioned a few minutes ago the commitment card, and and, uh, like I I mentioned to you, you, you'll remember last year we had a a day where, where as a church body we brought these cards forward and we said, this is my financial commitment that I want to make toward Grace Bible Church over the course of the next couple of years. And you'll remember it it had a couple of uh, boxes. There was the what we normally give in a year, that is that you know, and you may be new to grace. You may have been here for a while and you say, you know what? I, I have to admit that in that box, I, I don't typically give to grace in a year, right? And, and we're not here to shame you for that, but instead to say, as you are receiving uh, the, the blessing that you're receiving from being a part of grace and as you are convicted that you want to be a part of the gospel, it may say that you, you want to move down to that next box and you say, my expanded generosity is part of the Every Knee Initiative that I want to make a commitment, wherever you are, whether you're giving $0 a month or some, some other larger number, you say, I, I want to uh, expand that generosity and, and make a commitment over the, over the two years. So, so many of us did that last year. Maybe you didn't have an opportunity last year because you weren't here or you're new to grace. And so uh, next week, we will have an opportunity for you to fill that out and hand in that card. We'll have some boxes available. So my encouragement is is pray about that over the course of the next week with your family, with your spouse. There's a second spot that says, I'm already committed to every knee. Uh, You can do two things here. You can either just confirm your ongoing commitment. You say, you know what? I made a two-year commitment and I'm gonna stick with that commitment and that's great. Or it may be that, that the circumstances of your life or your approach to uh, Grace Bible Church over the course of the last year has shifted a bit. And you say, you know what, I can, I can go even further. And so you may add to that box in some way and say, over the course of the next year, I want to increase. Wherever you are, all we're asking this week is just, just, just pray about where the Lord would have you go. So pray, give. And then thirdly, the third thing I want to say is to consider going. To consider going. I think we have a little slide malfunction. The last line says go. That's all it says. <laughs> Pray, give, and then consider going. It may be that you know one of the people who came up this morning and you say, I want to connect with one of those folks. And uh, maybe I can't go with them this year, but maybe they have a trip that I could jump onto next year. Let me also challenge some of you to think about this. It's just a little crazy, but it may be that uh, you saw the information about Brian Midtown. And in your heart and mind, you say, you know what? I might be interested in going there to be a part of the planting group whenever that Brian Midtown campus is launched. Right? I recognize that many, if not most of us, we live in this area of town, but that may or may not be the case. Or it may be you say, you know what? For a year or two, I want to go down and help them launch in Brian. And then you might come back over here. But consider, is God calling you to go either short-term or long-term overseas or maybe just a few miles down the road to Brian to to participate in the mission of what God is doing through Grace Bible Church? So that's our ongoing prayer as we we move forward. If you all would would pray with me, and then we're going to close in worship. Father, we're so grateful for this morning. We're thankful for all your faithfulness in the past to Grace Bible Church and we're thankful for your faithfulness over this last year. And we know and we thank you in advance for your faithfulness in the future. Lord, what we pray most of all is not really for a financial number, although 
we're trusting you for our finances, but, but more than that, that each of us would say, how can I participate in the mission of Jesus Christ here and around the world? What can I do with, with whatever you've given me, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, to ensure that men and women from all around the world know the name of Jesus Christ and that grace is able to be effective in proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ until the day he returns. We thank you for eternal life. We pray that we would be grateful, but, but not hold it close, but instead pay it forward because of all that we've been given. Let us proclaim and reflect the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.